Phoenix Suns won a game today. 123, 111. They're above 500, and it hardly mattered. The news of the day, Robert Sarver, allegations against him dating back 17 years to the beginning of his tenure as Phoenix Suns owner by Baxter Holmes of ESPN. I will dig into what was said, the fallout of it, and what comes next, coming up on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. We're free. We're on YouTube. We're on whatever podcast platform you prefer. You can watch. You can listen. We're here for the good days, and we're here for the bad, and this one is definitely the latter. The story we've all been waiting for over at ESPN, lengthy, detailed, well-reported, and including pretty divisive and uh, pretty disappointing and startling allegations against Suns managing partner Robert Sarver, dating back the entirety of his tenure, anecdotes from the beginning, from the middle, from the end, from the most recent portion of his time as owner. This is not old news. This is very current. I'll get into my General thoughts and reaction, what we are looking at, what the fallout is so far, and what we might see next. Did just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on Suns is brought to you by McDonald's, which has been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Okay, 9 o'clock this morning, Suns time, the piece drops hinges on a leading anecdote from Earl Watson, whose voice is prominently featured throughout the story, starting with Robert Sarver's use of the N-word in private with Earl Watson, allegations that he used the word, that he frequently used the word, and that he did not back down from using the word. Robert Sarver denies this. This is the pattern of the piece. Stories, some off the record, most off the record, some on the record, and categorical denials by Robert Sarver outside of a few choice moments where he did not choose to refute what is in this story. And you go throughout. Allegations of mistreatment and off-color language toward people of color in the organization, toward women in the organization, outright sexual harassment, outright um, hateful speech, And ending with this section where you have another parade of voices coming to Robert Sarver's defense. The Suns, um, Jason Rowley and Sarver himself issued another round of denials today. You also had Monty Williams saying that he will wait to see what the NBA's investigation entails. Chris Paul and Devin Booker both echoing that. And the Suns have basically made Earl Watson and his credibility core to their argument against why this piece should uh, should be taken seriously. So that is where we are. As I said, there is an investigation, which Monty, Chris, and Devin all said that they will wait for the results of until they let us know more. Devin said that he did not expect any of this, that he's not seen things like this during his seven years here. Monty Williams said that if these things 
If he had known these things to be happening during his time here, he would not be sitting in the coach's seat. We'll get into all of that stuff as we go on here, but I want to keep the same tune that I've had with you guys the entire time uh, that we've been waiting for this, which is, as I said from day one, the core of this story, the core of this moment in time as we look at the Suns organization in a new way, the core of it is the people, many of whom came at least on background and were able to share the stories of their their complete misery in a lot of cases. You have people like Corliss Williamson and Earl Watson and a former staffer, um, those three folks on the record about their experiences. That is who is at the most detriment tonight. Tonight, It's not Suns fans, it's not Robert Sarver, and it's not anyone else in this organization. I do feel for many of the people who work for the Suns, because that's not something that they brought upon themselves, this PR nightmare, and it's also uh, something that many of them may have been dealing with, and we just did not know or did not know the extent of it. But that is who is the victim here. That is who is at the core of this story. The sensationalization of it would lead you to believe that somebody like Robert Sarver is the victim or that he is the centerpiece to this story. And while his future as owner may be in doubt and the NBA's investigation may take him down, the story is about people in this organization, dozens of them, 70 people interviewed for it and countless more who we know have been touched, some of whom I've spoken with that can at least verify the legitimacy of some of these claims, if not these stories outright themselves. You've been hearing moments and notes like that from folks like Amin Al-Hassan in the media and Greg Esposito Espo talking about the lack of surprise when this stuff comes out. I think that um, the sensationalization is, is not helpful, but the people at the core of this are the ones that are the victims. And more, more broadly than that, because that, I think, should be obvious to anybody who reads this, that that's what you're looking at, is the people um, who dealt with this and who were, in, in some cases, driven to suicidal thoughts, to needing therapy. In the case of Earl Watson, um, left the league for many years in, in the early days of his coaching career. But more broadly than that, you're looking at a situation where the Suns have made... I mentioned Earl Watson and his credibility is one of the main ways that they're denying this story. That, that Sarver and Rowley in particular have gone about denying the contents of Baxter Holmes' reporting in this ESPN story. But beyond that, the other thing that you're, that you're seeing them do is to um, accuse Holmes and accuse ESPN of cre- creating a narrative and backing this story into it. What I mean by that is reading between the lines, that there is a a narrative of allegations like these, racism, misogyny, sexism, sexual harassment, that are going throughout sports. And the accusation pretty clearly by Sarver and Rowley and the Suns is that Holmes came to this reporting project with that in mind and attempted to put, to retrofit 
the contents of the stories that he's telling within this report into that narrative. And whether that's true or not, I don't know why or how Baxter Holmes reported this piece, and we never will. That's not likely to ever be talked about. That's not how these things work. Regardless of it, though, the question we should be asking ourselves is not whether that is what Baxter Holmes did or whether it's part of why the reaction to Robert Sarver and the allegations in this story have been framed the way that they've been, why we feel the way that we might feel about this story. The question we should be asking instead is, why does that narrative already exist? Because whether the Suns like it or not, this story is part of that narrative. It's part of a, of a complete revolution, a complete 180 in the way that we look at sports and sports leadership in this moment. It's been dating back to last year with folks like Bubba Wallace, with folks like, I mean, list the name. They, they There are too many to count. Kelly Leffler, the Atlanta Dream co-owner. There are numerous counts. And more recently, John Gruden, the National Women's Soccer League executives and team leadership. And of course, the Chicago Blackhawks and the scandal that is rippled throughout the NHL. Those are not one-offs. Those are not random. And it's not a false narrative. It is something that we all ought to be thinking about if we take the victims and the victimhood of these folks who talked with Baxter Holmes for this piece seriously, as I do and as you should, then we should be thinking about why it is that these people have become the leaders of the teams that we invest so much time and energy into. The system and the ecosystem and the infrastructure that is our sports world here in America that has allowed these people to rule it and allowed these people to continue to rule it and to go unchecked in their behavior in such a way that a thing like this could be painted as a narrative. It's only a narrative because it truly fits a pattern. These things are not one-off. 70 people do not lie in unison to fit a narrative. These things are true. These things are part of a pattern across sports that we should be taking seriously and we should be looking at collectively. So that is where I am coming at this from. I understand the patience on the part of Monty Williams, of James Jones, of Chris Paul, of Devin Booker, of any of you listening who feel like we ought to give everybody the time to speak their piece and to have things go through the correct jurisprudence and due diligence and due process that we all are owed. But that doesn't stop us from being appalled and giving a critical eye toward what is being alleged and the things that are being alleged are disgusting and in and of themselves merit a reconsideration of whether Robert Sarver is fit to own and run an NBA team. We'll get into the fallout so far and what comes next in just a second. First, though, another word from McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Suns brought to you by McDonald's proudly, serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place as well where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge, and it's a place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I know a listener to this show and a good friend of mine is a big McRib fan. That's a reason enough to get out there and get back to a McDonald's if it's been a little while. Hunker down, order a McRib or two, 
Maybe invite a, a, fam, a friend you haven't seen in a while. There's no better way to reconnect than to sit in the comfy confines of the McDonald's. Maybe there's a TV. Maybe the little kids can play while you while you two talk and catch up and choke down that McRib. Choke down. That's rude. I meant to say that in a good way. Gulp down. Enjoy. Swallow lovingly a McRib. <laughs> Head to your local McDonald's now and refuel and reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Today's show is also brought to you by Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? Well, it's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. He says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves into bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which is why I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA, that's all one word. For a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves and so much more like sleep stories, meditations, so you, like him, can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's calm.com slash NBA. Continuing the... Discussion of this Robert Sarver story over at ESPN, the fallout thus far. Again, I tell you guys at the beginning of every show, follow me at, at BrendanClean14. Uh, today, you would have gotten your money's worth in the metaphorical sense because I was uh, doing some reporting, some hashtag reporting, getting back into that rhythm. I don't often do it. I don't have anywhere to write things anymore for the, about this team, really. But um, I was able to get a quote or a statement, rather, from John Najafi. And you guys may have heard this gentleman's name already if you were online today. It was the subject of a lot of chatter among Suns fans. And um, this is an interesting character in this story and somebody who does not get talked about much at all in the context of um, the Suns. I mean, really, period. He's a vice chairman of this team, a minority owner of this team. He bought into the team around 2008-2009, if I'm remembering correctly. His quote in part reads, The conduct that Robert Sarver is alleged to have committed has stunned and saddened me and is unacceptable. The well-being and safety of every Suns employee, player, coach, and stakeholder is first and foremost our priority. My sincerest sympathy goes out to all those whose lives and professions have been impacted. He goes on to say, it is our jobs as stewards to ensure everyone is treated respectfully and equally, although today's revelations fall under the jurisdiction of the league, which decides and takes any action based on its findings. I offer my support to ensure there is full accountability. Again, this is something that the league has already announced. There will be an investigation into. Um, I That was not announced when Mr. Najafi sent me that statement. That statement is also can be found at the Arizona Republic by Dwayne Rankin and at the USA Today. I also was able to get a statement from Dial Capital, another company that this summer bought a stake in the Suns, which valued the team at over $1.5 billion, which is almost four times what Robert Sarver bought into it. 
back in 2004. The quote from Dial reads, Home Court Partners, which is the subsidiary of Dial that is in the sports team investing market, invested in Suns Legacy Holdings LLC this summer. We have been in touch with the NBA since the rumors of this report first surfaced. We find the accusations extremely concerning and take them very seriously. We continue to be in close contact with the NBA and strongly support the launch of a comprehensive investigation into this matter. Both of those are probably the most powerful secondary owners of this team. Um, Jeff Zilgit over at USA Today, who I just mentioned, is has it that Robert Sarver now owns about 35% of this team. I was able to find via Forbes that it was about 40% back in 2007. So Dial and Mr. Najafi both purchasing in and, and maybe some other changes since then have decreased the share. So this is not a majority owner, by the way. It is a plurality owner. He owns more than anyone else, which is why he is the managing partner, but he is not somebody who owns 60, 70% of his team. So that is where we are. As I mentioned in the story as well, we had a one of the bizarre parts from a writing standpoint. And look, I mean, Baxter Holmes is a very accomplished reporter. He has done a lot of work like this. So far be it from me to necessarily go above and beyond him and say, what he shouldn't or shouldn't have done. However, this part of the story caught my eye, and I think it's interesting if we're talking about the fallout. Quote, among the demands of ESPN by Sarver's legal representation was that ESPN contact 10 specific individuals about Sarver and the organization. Of those 10, ESPN had previously requested comment from three. Of the remaining seven, five responded and gave accounts of Sarver using words like demanding, hard-driving, and relentless. They each said that in their own personal experiences, they had not witnessed or heard of Racist and misogynistic conduct by Sarver. You have Sun CFO and Mercury GM Jim Pittman saying that he has consistently been on the side of women and the WNBA. You have the executive director for Phoenix Suns Charities saying that Robert is not easy by any stretch of the imagination to work for, but how he pushes us is for the greater good. You have guys like Lon Babby and even Steve Kerr who... Um, Surprised me to see here, to say the least, as somebody who has spoken out about other things socially to be supportive of um, Sarver here. His quote was very similar to James Jones in that he says, I was very surprised to hear these allegations because that's not the person that I know. So not denying them, but going on the record to say that that does not match up to the character. What I will say secondarily in terms of fallout is that we have a situation here where I and others can, with with sourcing or firsthand knowledge in the case of somebody like Amin Al-Hassan, who did an episode of the Dan Lebitard Show today talking about this, I and my own reporting have been able to confirm, for instance, a smaller anecdote, but a categorical denial by Robert Sarver nonetheless of the joke that he occasionally seems to use, that he needs magnum condoms for the size that he carries. And that is something that a, a woman in the report indicated was obviously uncomfortable for them and over the line. And Robert Sarver goes so far via his representation, his lawyers, to say in this piece to Holmes that he never has talked 
about condoms in the workplace. I, on the other hand, have been able to find another person. I don't know. I don't believe this person was interviewed for this story who says they heard that same thing. You have Amin Al-Hassan telling stories of um, treatment of employees that matches up with a lot of this in terms of sort of half-joked, half-barb threats about pay and job security. You have Raja Bell, which is probably the best response to this whole thing that I heard or read today with uh, his episode with Logan Murdoch of Real Ones on the Ringer NBA show, where he tells a story about the, the treatment of, I think he's told this story publicly before, but told it again about Robert Sarver having um, inappropriate thoughts and, and sharing them with Raja's wife post his uh, her miscarriage of their child telling her that she was lucky to have Rajabel as her husband because he was willing to leave behind a three-point contest opportunity and they were on a team plane and he felt the need to share that with her. Um, so what I'm saying is this pattern is already being... Uh, these, these denials are already being refuted by people on the record and off and, and on background and... You are, you're seeing that it is anybody who has followed this team and heard and seen some of the things that Robert Sarver has done in the past are not surprised, right? We have just from this year alone, the use of the, the chain and the unbuttoned shirt and whatever that went viral via Jay Crowder's Instagram, I believe, after the Suns clinched their trip to the NBA Finals, which is a funny meme, of course, but is a part and parcel with the description of his behavior that is described here, where he is frivolous and overly informal about the way that he interacts with people that work for him, and especially the black players that work for him on this team. You also have a viral clip that went around online of Robert Sarver speaking at a friend's funeral in a very, very sexually explicit and very, you know, old boys club locker room talk type of way. What I'll close with on top of all of that is to say that Tim McMahon, ESPN has brought a crew out, multiple editors, cameras, as well as Tim McMahon and Brian Windhorst. I don't know how long they'll be here. The Suns have one more home game on Saturday before going on a road trip, so probably through the weekend would be my guess. But Tim McMahon was able to ask Devin Booker a quick question based upon Robert Sarver's denial and the calling into question that he did of Earl Watson's credibility. He has accused Watson of helping to create a toxic culture and says that he's a disgruntled former coach who should basically not be taken seriously. Tim McMahon asked Devin Booker, is Earl Watson credible? Booker responded, yeah, Earl is my guy. So you are now seeing Devin Booker basically go against what is being said by the coach and the organization as a method of refuting what's in this piece. That is the fallout. It is not clean. It is very messy. And Adrian Wojnarowski has said that this investigation will continue for longer than something like the Robert, the Donald Sterling one did. So not looking like we will have any answers in the short term, but we will get to how it might affect the team and the near future in just one second. First, though, a quick word from Bilt Bar. 
I love Thanksgiving. I'm sure all of you do too. The good food and treats, plenty of food to go around. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but you don't want to have the ton of calories and sugar that usually come along. Well, that means it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Just one single slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, but Built Bars are only 130 calories for the most part and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein to boot. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Maybe a raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry rhubarb. Lots of good flavors to replace any dessert that you are considering. And each and every Bilt Bar is covered in 100% chocolate, delicious, and they have a flavor for everybody. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for maybe two Bilt Bars. They have new surprises coming all month, seasonal favorites, and maybe the return of some last year. We had white chocolate come around. I would be on the lookout there. Limited time flavors arriving at Bilt.com regularly, so check back often. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKED15 at checkout. That's built.com LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order, not first order. So if you want one of these seasonal treats, but you've used the promo code before, you are in luck. You can use it again. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's close things out here. Again, talking about the Robert Sarver allegations in a piece at ESPN by Baxter Holmes, NBA investigative reporter. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning, helping to keep us free, helping to grow the show on all of your favorite platforms, audio, as well as YouTube for video. We're here on days like this, just like we're here on the fun days, guys. It is part of the job. I hope that what I'm saying is helping you process what's going on The last bit that I wanted to discuss here is, I'm sure for many of you, one of the worst parts of all of this, and it's the fact that the success can't continue. And I don't mean, I don't, like that can sound very um, cute, frankly, that we're talking, that it would be sad that we can't focus on the pick and roll offense or something. And I don't mean to make little of Heaven forbid, I spent 10 minutes at the beginning telling you how important it is to keep the people, the victims of this stuff, at the core of how we're thinking about things. But what I mean is, this is a franchise where, aside from the things that that, that Baxter outlined as a pattern within this organization, the, the other consistent and obviously connected pattern for this Suns organization since Robert Sarver has owned it is that there's not an ability to capitalize on talent, on cohesion, on any of this stuff because in in some part and in not a small part because of the chaos behind the scenes. And that was another thing that Raja Bell talked about was that if anything, what he regrets or looks back upon disappointedly about the time that he spent in Phoenix. It's not that Robert Sarver told him to his face that he wasn't going to give him a contract extension, even though he knew Raja deserved one, or the story with the mother of his um, the his wife and the miscarriage that she had. It's that they didn't get to reach their highest heights because of the distractions behind the scenes. And obviously, you know, Robert Horry and everything else, there's all sorts of explanations that go beyond this for what happened. And maybe you buy that more than you believe in the distraction element. 
maybe you think that this Suns team can get it done. There were hell, hella distractions going on. If this story has truly been, you know, in the works for a long time, their finals run happened as this was playing out. And potentially as these players and coaches and staff members knew that this was on the back burner. So I'm not saying that this is solidifying the fact that this team is going to to just die out because of these allegations. Robert Sarver has actually not been present since the initial tweet from Jordan Schultz that brought all of this to light. So he is hopefully and, and seemingly keeping his distance. I say hopefully not because I am giving an opinion about how the team might fare, but because I think for everybody's sake, there's probably people, current workers who went on in who gave interviews for this piece and may do so in an NBA investigation. And I would hate for intimidation or any of these things to become part of the equation. So the distraction element may not be there. It may be there. I don't know. But the point is, this is evidence that this franchise is not going to be able to get out from underneath of the allegations of the culture of the perception and the reputation of itself as long as Robert Sarver remains in place. That's going to be true whether he decides to sell the team, whether the NBA votes with a three-quarters majority to oust him from his post, whether he gets a suspension from the league. What we knew to be sort of old man privilege or cheapness or some of these other ways we described Robert Sarver pre today. That has been clarified to us with this piece, and I think that to me is is how I feel like it will affect this team. We've heard stories about people, players, who did not want to come here. One of them is, two of them are in this piece between LaMarcus Aldridge and Eric Bledsoe. People that either did not want to come or did not want to stay here for reasons related to Robert Sarver and the culture here. That's not going away. It can't. It can't go away. So I understand the the instinct to look at this story, especially based on the way that Jordan Schultz tweeted about it, and think, is this enough to get Robert Sarver gone, done and, done and gone? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen soon. He is digging in his heels. Woj is telling us this investigation will take a little bit of time and maybe look more like what happened with the Dallas Mavericks and their sexual harassment allegations, which were brought to light by Jessica Luther in Sports Illustrated, more so than the Donald Sterling situation. So we might be in for this for quite a long time. But the point is, it's not going away, even if there is a resolution here, unless somebody else is running this team. I don't personally see a way that it cannot. Maybe this particular group has enough of a culture. Maybe Chris Paul is enough of a leader and they can get back to the bunker mentality that they had in the bubble, in the playoffs, where they've really been able to rise above chaos and noise and everything else and win and be great and be together. Maybe that happens. Maybe there's enough of a silo between the basketball operations and the business operations. Maybe they're just really good at turning off their phones when things get crazy. But I have a hard time believing that, and I don't think that the noise, the outside noise, the folks like Brian Windhorst being around this team and asking these questions, none of that will stop. And I don't know what you do next. I don't know what comes next. It sounds like the NBA, it sounds like everybody involved is waiting for this NBA investigation, but we also know it's not going to, it's going to be a while. 
So are we going, is the status quo of, of waiting for all of this going to last? Is Sarver going to not appear at these games and not be at his courtside seat and in the locker room and around the staff the way that we all know he always is? Is that going to continue? What if this investigation lasts till June? Is Robert Sarver going to stay away and we're not going to get any piece of commentary from Chris Paul or Devin Booker or Monty Williams or anybody about any of this? And that's going to be fine and they're going to keep winning and make a championship run? I don't know if that's possible. And I can count you can count me in as skeptical that that's going to be possible. Imagine if your workplace was run amok with this stuff and you were trying to accomplish the biggest professional achievement of your life. I think it'd be pretty hard. Would it not? I think so. That's a lot to digest. It's far from over. I'm sure that my Monday show will touch on this. I don't know who I will bring on. I do want to bring a guest on. I would like to bounce other ideas so that I am not just yelling at you into your headphones and speakers and telling you my thoughts over and over. I hope that I was fair and balanced and genuine and helpful to all of you making sense of this. I'm sorry that I did not talk about Jalen Green versus Devin Booker or whatever. I personally could care less. This stuff is bigger than sports. It's bigger than basketball. And frankly, if the Suns are a great team again this year, but this stuff continues to hang over and the and and it doesn't get resolved in a way that, that that's helpful and fruitful to the people who who are at the center of it. I don't know if that will feel like success. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's left a very sour taste in my mouth, to say the least. And so I, I'm going to continue to talk about it. And I hope that it helps you guys think about it and talk about it with the people that you're around, other fans in your life and that type of thing. So that'll be it for me today. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be back with you on Monday. See if anything new comes up. We'll have a Hawks game between now and then. I'm actually getting married. Uh, I'm already married. We're having our wedding on Monday. So TBD on the schedule for next week, but keep it right here. Stay tuned and we'll make our way through it together.